What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. I'm OK Davis here with you. And in this episode, I got three topics. We're going to talk about uh, week two in the NFL and give my picks for the week as I am going to go through uh, my parlay, which I know my parlay is, you know, it's fantasy land stuff. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We are also going to talk about uh, a revelation in my mind by Chelsea's new owner, Todd Bowley, and something I'm really excited about. And we will also discuss... decision by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver in his suspension of Phoenix Suns owner, Phoenix Mercury owner, Robert Sarver. And we're realistically going to start there. I don't want to end the, the show on a sour note. I'm going to flip the script. The reports came out that the Suns, Chris Paul, said that the NBA sanctions of team owner Robert Sarver fell short. LeBron James did not like the decision. He tweeted out that he thought that the NBA definitely got it wrong. And I'm just going to read the tweet here from LeBron James. Read through the Sarver stories a few times now. I got to be honest, our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. Y'all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. There's no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league and I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't right. There is no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. Don't matter if you own the team or play for the team. We hold our league up as an example of our values, and this ain't it. Chris Paul's tweet. Like many others, I reviewed the report. I was and am horrified and disappointed by what I read. This conduct, especially towards women, is unacceptable and must never be repeated. I am of the view that the sanctions fell short in truly addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior. My heart goes out to all of the people that were affected. The allegations were reported, first reported by ESPN back in November. And the league, as far as players, is primarily black. 75%. Now, outside of that, it's not primarily black. When you think of the front office and the ownership of leagues and the staff of leagues, and that's realistically what this is about. This isn't about the players. 
And I love, 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 and I'm happy that the players are speaking up and out. They should be doing it more often, earlier when they hear about these stories. When you know the allegations are true. Come on. I mean, as far as these allegations go, you know good and well that people have known about this for a long, long time. And for NBA and team employees, really the only way to speak out is probably through the players. Because most of the people within the organization that are um, not playing on the court, they don't have as much money. They don't have a union to protect them. And so if you speak out or if something happens to you and you know, shoot, if I say something, this is the end. Not just of that person's career, but you might be blackballed from the league and nobody cares about you. It's all about the players. Eh, Maybe the coaches too. But this kind of conduct means to me that ownership's different. They can do whatever they want, really. All right, I'm going to suspend them. Uh, 10 million. It's nothing. Robert Sarver is going to be fine. If that was me, I wouldn't be fine. If I came out and spoke out publicly about something, I'd be gone in a heartbeat. So in this situation, it isn't what's in the report. It's what's not in the report as to why he only got one year. Now, I'm not going to act like I can prognosticate and tell you what was not in the report. But that's what, in my mind, you have to think about. Because just like with the government, when you look at a redacted document, that's the stuff they really don't want you to know. What the NBA put out, they're like, yeah, we're cool. Go ahead, you can tell everybody. Uh, one year, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll blow over. That's what, that's what I read out of this. And I'm glad that LeBron James and Chris Paul, this is the second time Chris Paul has dealt with this. Remember, with the Clippers and Donald Sterling, and Donald Sterling lost the team. NBA commissioner, who is no David Stern, by the way, said, quote, I don't have the right to take away Phoenix Suns from owner Robert Sarver. Oh, it's like the parent who like, okay, I'm going to put them on notice about future behavior. He's been, Sarver's been the owner for 17 years. 
Adam Silver said, quote, uh, in, with the allegations of racism and misogyny, 17 years, by the way, y'all, okay? 17 years. Quote, it was relevant. The key conclusion of this uh, committee of five people, nine months working on the investigations, saying that they were not motivated by racial or gender-based animus. Yeah, we got to use that word, animus. Come on. As I kind of stopped reading the quote, said, quote, it was relevant. I think if they had made findings that, in fact, his conduct was motivated by racial animus, absolutely, that would have had an impact on the ultimate outcome here. But that's not what they found. Adam Silver says, uh, that was the end of the quote, what they found. That the NBA handed down the maximum fine allowed by the league. But because there was a lack of racial animus. Because what he did was spread out. It, it was equal opportunity of misogyny. And being a racist, that means we shouldn't give them the maximum punishment because it wasn't just against blacks or Asians or Hispanics. That, oh, that's just me. I don't mean it. I'll say the same thing I want to anybody. And so that's why it's only a year. I'm going to read this quote by Adam Silver. Quote, I have certain authority by virtue of this organization, and that's what I exercise. I don't have the right to take away his team. I don't want to rest on that legal point because, of course, there could be a process to take away someone's team in this league. It is very involved, and I ultimately made the decision that it didn't rise to that level. But to me, the consequences are severe here on Mr. Sarber. Sarver used the N-word, but he said it was when recounting the statements of others, but there was sex-related comments, inappropriate comments about employees' appearances. In instances of inequitable conduct towards female employees. NBA PA Executive Director Tamika Tremaglio also criticized uh, the decision by Adam, so uh, Adam Silver, saying the conduct was horrible. They have no place in our sport or any place, workplace for that matter. I have made my position known to Adam Silver regarding my thoughts on the extent of the punishment. I strongly believe that Mr. Sarver should never hold a managerial position within our league again. The problem is, all of these people speaking are not owners. And they're not going to speak up. I shouldn't say they're not and never. But I'd be surprised if you're going to hear from Michael Jordan. 
the owner of the Charlotte Hornets, arguably the greatest basketball player in the world, because he's in a different club now. Ownership is a different club. You can't be ownership. And I know that. Realistically, you know that. Donald Sterling was an aberration. It was the right decision to make because it shouldn't matter who the comments are directed towards. The vitriol was directed towards. And frankly, I feel like because it is also female-driven, it's like, eh, whatever. This is some women. It's not to say, you know, boys just do that. It's men talk. It's guy talk. He's an older guy. You got to give him a little leeway. All of that stuff has been discussed. I don't want to hear from Adam Silver talking about, well, from a personal standpoint, you know, I was sad and disheartened. I want to apologize. But what you are not doing is what you did with Donald Sterling. And Adam Silver, as I said, is no David Stern. And maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I shouldn't make that statement. Silver doesn't believe that there are, that these are one and the same. Donald Sterling and Robert Sarver. Adam Silver said, I think what we saw in the case of Donald Sterling was blatant racist conduct directed at a select group of people. While it's difficult to know what's in someone's heart or in their mind, we heard those words. In the case of Robert Sarver, I'd say, first of all, we're looking at the totality of circumstances over an 18-year period in which he's owned these teams. And ultimately, we made a judgment, I made a judgment, that in the circumstances in which he had used that language and that behavior, that while, as I said, it was indefensible, it is not strong enough. Just because you don't hear it doesn't mean it wasn't strong enough. Yes, there were audio recordings of Donald Sterling making racist comments. I guess maybe it is wrong to think of you you make a judgment decision where there's smoke, there's fire, right? You could say, oh, because we heard audio recordings, we could say, okay, Donald Sterling is definitely a racist. In my mind, especially when you think of someone that uses the N-word, if you use the N-word and you're comfortable using the N-word, you use the N-word. When people aren't around, you use the N-word. That's, That's the other reason why I feel like, no, Adam Silver, you made the mistake here. Because what you've allowed for to happen is, for one, him to still own the team. Two, him to still, you want to talk about thoughts. Oh, I, I, it's difficult to know what's in someone's heart. Oh, uh, we know what's in Robert Sarver's heart. Just because now maybe he's not going to say it to someone doesn't mean that he's not the exact same person who made the comments. And that's why you make the decision to have him give up the team because you need to teach him a lesson, a true 
lesson to the other owners, not just to Robert Sarver. And you didn't do that. In many ways, you let them off the hook. You let the ownership group, the power of the league, which is really what it is. Adam Silver's trying to save his job. Dictate what's right here. The ownership group dictated what to do here, not Adam Silver. Because the fact that Adam Silver did make Donald Sterling give up the team and not Robert Sarver said that again. It's what's not in the report that made him make this decision. And I believe what's not in the report is what one will never know, but part of it is what the owners discovered because they're ripple effects, right? You don't know if Robert Sarver was like, oh, okay, you going to put my, my, my dirty laundry out there? All right, well, I'm going to tell about all these other owners that did this stuff too. And so now we're all going to be out there. And then we're going to have half the league suspended for a year. That's what you got to think about. We're running a business here. That's first and foremost why this decision is being made. Morals, ethics, and eh, forget those. It's a business. And this was a business decision based off of what you don't know, not what's in the report. Remember that. Remember that. As I move on here, what I am going to remember from week one in the NFL as I look at week two in the NFL, I made a big mistake. I should be undefeated in my family fantasy league. That's where my focus is. But I'm not because I made a dumb error. My dad wanted to add defensive players in it. And while I was thinking I was making a substitution for week two, I actually took out the defensive player for week one and didn't put a replacement. And I remember my brother saying that. He sent me a text laughing at me. And I was like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, ha. And I wasn't even thinking about, oh, shoot, he's out for week one. Because my brother's tweet was also about how I was trying to pick up TJ Watt. And I was like, oh, man, he's going to have another monster season. I'm surprised nobody picked him up. He's with the Steelers. He already has an interception, a couple tackles. And then he got hurt right after I picked him up. And so I'm really sad about that too. I had to drop him again. But like, there's a bonehead decision by me. So don't pay attention to me. I'm a dope. An idiot. But I'm having fun. If you want to have fun, right? That's what we're here to do. The, the reports you hear over, well, really any sport, of people destroying their television because their team lost. Breaking furniture, that's a bit much. That's a bit much in my mind. But I digress. 
I'm going to make my picks. And, uh, if you're not sure what, uh, where you want to, uh, make your picks, you can go to propshq.com and they have links to all of the sports books, Bet Rivers, Bet MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Monkey Knife Fight, Points Bet, Unibet, William Hill. It's all there for you. And here we are, week two. And we're right back at it. So, uh, before I make my picks, we knew this was going to happen. I just got to say this. The reports out of the Bay Area are Jimmy Garoppolo will replace Trey Lance as a 49ers starting quarterback. I mean, that's what we always knew. Jimmy Garoppolo was the better quarterback. If you didn't know that, look at all the teams that were clamoring to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance could still maybe be the future. That was only his third career start. But for the 49ers GM John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, the coach, should have never done it. I don't think you should have tra- drafted Trey Lance. You should have traded the pick away if you didn't want a quarterback. Because you have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who's pretty good. I'm not saying he's, oh, he's going to lead you to the Super Bowl. And I know that there's like some people like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like him. He can't win the big game. He's serviceable. However you want to put it. The biggest mistake in my mind was even considering putting in Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever pressure you may have had. And now they're going to go back to Jimmy G. Imagine if they had traded him. Oh, oh, both the GM and coach might have been like, shoot, we might be out of a job. But luckily they didn't. And now... The 49ers' real season can begin. And so can my picks for week two. All right, let's start with Chargers at the Chiefs. Chiefs are favored at minus four. Boy, the way that they looked last week, mm, I'm going with the Chiefs at minus four. Kind of have to. Patriots at the Steelers. Patriots are favored at minus two. I'm taking the Steelers at plus two. Buccaneers at the Saints. Buccaneers are favored at minus two and a half. Now the Saints and Bucks, I feel like there's something there when these two teams play. I'm going to take the Saints at plus two and a half. Yeah, the Buccaneers did win last week, but the Cowboys are a bad team, y'all. The Cowboys are a bad team. Dolphins at the Ravens. Ravens are favored at minus three and a half. I wish I could have got it at minus two and a half. Dolphins seem to be a little bit better, but I'm going to take the Ravens at minus three and a half. Jets at the Browns. Two bad, bad, bad teams. 
The Browns are favored at minus six and a half. I'm going to have to take the Browns here. Can't believe I'm going to do that. But I think I'm going to have to take the Browns. Colts at the Jaguars. I don't know what's up with these two teams. The Colts, they should have won last week. They're at minus three and a half against the Jaguars. I am going to go with the Jaguars at plus three and a half. Remember last year? Yeah, I hope you remember. I think the Jags, you know, similar to what I said about the uh, Buccaneers Saints, I think there may be something here to this Jags Colts. I'm going to take a flyer on the Jaguars, not to win, but to cover. Panthers, Giants. The Panthers are at plus two against the New York Giants. I'm going to take the Giants here at home at minus two. Commanders at the Detroit Lions. Commanders are not favored. The Lions are favored at minus one and a half. I am going to take the Lions. Just kidding. I'm taking the Commanders at plus one and a half. Falcons, Rams. The Rams are getting ten and a half against the Falcons. Boy, they, I mean, they only scored 10 points in last Thursday's game. Falcons look somewhat decent. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Falcons at plus 10 and a half. Uh, don't, don't know what's up with uh, the Rams just yet on offense or defense. Seahawks at the 49ers. 49ers are favored at minus eight and a half. I'm going to take the Seahawks at plus eight and a half. Bengals, Cowboys. The Bengals are favored at minus seven. The Cowboys are awful. They do not have a quarterback. That's my quarterback. I don't know what we're going to get out of Cowboys, but I'm going to take them at plus seven against the Bengals. Yeah, right. I'm taking the Bengals at minus seven. Texans, Broncos. Broncos are favored at minus 10 over the Texans. I am going to take the Broncos. Cardinals, Raiders, the Raiders. Raiders are favored at minus five and a half. I'm going to take the Cardinals at plus five and a half on the road. Uh, Cardinals, yeah, I mean, you're, you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs put up some numbers. I think the Cardinals can still keep that game close. Bears at the Packers. Packers are favored at minus 10 against the Bears. Uh, I don't know what to think of the Bears or the Packers, really. I mean, that's the problem with week one. Like, it's a little too early. But I think I'm going to go with the Bears at plus 10 here. Uh, yeah, I am. Titans, we get two Monday night games, y'all, this year. We got Titans, Bills. Bills are favored at minus 10 at home against the Titans. Man, Titans lost a, lost a tough one. The Bills looked really, really good. I think this game might be a little closer. I'm going to gamble here. I'm going to take the Titans at plus 10. I am. I think they may turn it around. And then the nightcap. We got Vikings, Eagles. Eagles are favored at minus two. I'm going to take the Vikings at plus two. Different QB, different head coach. That's my take on it. So those are my picks. Um, I didn't do well in my first week one parlay picks by any stretch of the imagination. But I got my picks, and I'm sticking to it. Chiefs minus four, Steelers plus two, Saints plus two and a half, Ravens minus three and a half, Browns minus six and a half, Jaguars plus three and a half, Giants minus two, Commanders plus one and a half, 
Falcons plus 10.5, Seahawks plus 8.5, Bengals minus 7, Broncos minus 10, Cardinals plus 5.5, Bears plus 10, Titans plus 10, Vikings plus 2. And those are my picks. I'm at uh, 31,226.95 to 1 because I'm placing a $1 bet. And I will let you know how it goes. My bet is in. All right. We'll see. Lastly, my last topic here is Todd Bowley, owner of Chelsea. That's my favorite EPL team. And he was in the news. And I'm going to always remind everybody how exciting it is. No, I didn't know who Todd Bowley was before. But I love him even more because he's from the DMV. That's right. He grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. I love the DMV. And my DMV does stretch because I love Bethesda, Tacoma Park, Maryland. I love Virginia, right? Northern Virginia. I used to love going to Pentagon City. My family's from Richmond, Virginia. I love Baltimore. I used to live in Baltimore. So in realistic, realistically, excuse me, the DMV as a whole, I, I just love it. I just love it. I just love it. All right. So we went off on a real tangent there. Didn't need to. Todd Bowley said the Premier League needs an all-star game. Now, Liverpool's Jurgen Klopp kind of mocked him in a press conference when he brought it up. But at the same time, at the end of it, if you heard Jurgen Klopp sound, he's like, wait, really? He thought of that? Like, yeah, come on. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. Now, you could say, oh, that's against what we do in English Premier League across the prawn. It's against the fabric of our game. That's not how we play. But you know what? I'll tell you this. An all-star game, Pro Bowl, because all-star game, obviously, the same thing for NBA, NHL and MLB then it's the Pro Bowl for football I mean I don't really watch the Pro Bowl but you like it you like it come on there's no doubt in my mind that we all we all watch the All-Star game and what do you mean it's against the fabric of our game you come over here in America and you play these friendlies against MLS teams and other teams. And I'm not saying the game needs to be played in America by no stretch of the imagination. But like, come on. we It's 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 the world now. It's not just Europe. It's the world. And you got to get with the times. Now, if there's an all-star game in England, I'm there for it. My dad and brothers are there for it. We're going. And the bottom line, let me tell you something. If there was a league, uh, another league that had the caliber of these players, you best believe that league would be doing everything it can to try to draw an attention. And one way it would draw attention is all-star game. If you're telling me there's a game that you could have Mo Salah, Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Silva, excuse me, David De Gea, 
just to name a few, Jamie Vardy, Christian Pusilic, Fabinho, Marcus Rashford, Mason Mount, Tyler Adams, Mindy, Conte, Pope, Odegaard. Like all of these players on the court, excuse me, on the pitch, Kevin De Bruyne at one time, Harry Kane, you're telling me you wouldn't like to watch that? Like if it was a North versus South Premier League? Come on. Gary Neville's tweet. I keep saying it, but the quicker we get the regulator and the better. U.S. investment in English football is a clear and present danger to the pyramid and fabric of the game. They just don't get it and think differently. They also don't stop till they get what they want. No, it's a better league. It's a better game, I think, with an all-star game, and they should have one. They need to have one. I just want to see the best talent on the field at once. I think it'd be great on the pitch. Look at me, I'm calling the field because I'm American. If you have all these players on the pitch at one time playing against each other, you know you're watching. You know if you can be there in person, you're going to do it. It'll generate revenue and more interest in the English Premier League, and that's what you want in the end. That's what you want. The best of the best on the pitch at the same time. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I know you are too. And that'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Enjoy week two in the NFL. I hope that uh, maybe, I don't know, today, tomorrow, a week from now, we're going to hear even more of a decision, uh, uh, ripple effects of Adam Silver's decision with Robert Sarver. Maybe there'll be a change of heart to make it even harsher of a punishment. Although I doubt that's the case. But in the end, enjoy week two in the NFL. Yes, let's go Blues, Chelsea. Thanks, Todd Bowley. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code JFORSPORT and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today.